And if your listeners want Man, yeah. to explore yeah. creativity now, right now, listening to these very words, all they have to do is recognize that they are born creative and then recognize that you have stifled yeah. and shoved down that creativity yeah. that's telling yeah. you what to say. Hey, welcome back to All In with Rick Jordan. I just clapped. I think that's the first time I've ever done that on an intro. That's hey, exciting. there you go. So, hey. <laughs> You're excited. Near, I know I am. Nir Bashan, my man. Thanks for being on, brother. Thanks, man. Hey, can I clap too? Do it. Let's all I'm clap. Feeling good. Everybody, everybody listening, let's just clap one time. No, there we go. No less. Let's get rocking with this, brother. I, uh, Dude, I, I'm pretty pumped because you're all about creativity. Yes. Man, that's, that's exciting to me because I, I, back when I was in grade school, I think it was, it might've been high school. I don't know, but you know, those whole left brain, right brain tests that they give you, right? Yes. I was like dead center in every <laughs> single one that we took all the years, you know, cause I, I, I've got this IT side, right. To where I, I could, you know, build servers and huge networks for enterprises. And then on the flip side, I was also like a semi-pro musician, you know, there we go. and even a, a music composer. What did you play? Too. Dude, I, most mostly guitar, but I started drums when I was five years old. Wow, that's that was my dad's whole gig because he had a music degree. You know, as a band director. All, How all cool, dude! I I loved it, man. That that really is kind of like my creative outlet. But now I get to get into, I, I relate music a lot to even marketing and things nowadays because that's very creative for me. And so I, I'm pumped, dude, because I, I sure. feel, you know, you're all about injecting creativity into business, at least from what I've read about you. Yes, and, sir. Yes, sir. There's, I feel like a shortage of that that exists, man, even in the entrepreneurial space, because a lot of entrepreneurs, they just dive into something to like do the job, right? And if they just like had an ounce of getting outside the box, I feel that's like the difference between, you know, the old book from good to great, right? A oh, big time. Yeah, big time. Yeah, you're, you're definitely onto it. I mean, it's, it's really about you know, using a side of your mind that we've just kind of let go, right? And yeah, we yeah. are constantly wondering why we're not where we want to be. Yep. And the answer to me is so obvious, but it's just not getting out there. Man, that's huge. There's a, there's part of my team. So even like I'm in the studio right now, right? And it looks great. It looks beautiful on video because we record these for socials too and, and, and everything, all those clips. And even just down to, you know, we did a live training two weeks ago now, I think, which was the launch of my own mastermind for my IT space. Nice. And I was looking at the backdrop here, you know, cause I had a, a co-host in with me, sort of like an MC. And I was looking, cause it's like white brick. You can't see this on the outside of the video wall. And I'm thinking, you know, white just ain't, that's not doing it. So I ordered like two small LED up lights that are purple just to change the brick to purple on the side of it. It's like the, those nice. little things, right? And I, I constantly tell my team, we design everything. Like, that's where we start. And then we figure out what the outcome should be after we even go through the design process. Right, right. But, dude, how do you, how do you talk? Because uh, you have a book. Tell me about your book. Tell me about what inspired you to write it and where things are coming from. Let's, let's dive into the nitty gritty. I love it. Yeah, the good. I, I like how excited you are. This is, this is going to be a good <laughs> session. I'm excited. Um, so I, I set out to write a book about the how of creativity for business because every book out there, Rick, is about the why. And, yeah. and the why is great. It, you know, it, 
yes, there should be a why, but at some point the why needs to turn into a how. And, yep. you know, I talked to, to my friend in the business and, you know, people in the C-suite, people who own their own companies. Yeah. And, you know, the why is like a five minute thing. Um, you know, give us the how. That's the yep. most important yep. thing. And so I set out to write this book because it didn't exist. I've, you know, run my own companies. I've worked for other people. I've run other people's companies. And I've sort of put together throughout a whole life of being creative a recipe that anybody can follow no matter what they do from, awesome. you know, medicine to, you know, um, engineering. It doesn't really matter what you do. You can be more creative at work, come up with better ideas yeah. and really be able to survive today, especially when everything has gone to hell in a handbasket, right? You, yep, you yep. can still use creativity to stay relevant. And that for me is super important to get out there. That's awesome, man. So we're talking about that how, right? Because there's some people out there, you know, I was talking about my left brain, right brain test and how I'm yep. right in the freaking middle. You know, I feel like that's always actually helped me in some ways because I've been able to be almost kind of that bridge for people. Even in my IT space, you know, everyone's like, oh, you put things in such very basic terms. I'm like, yeah, exactly. And then I'm always teaching the techs in the cyberspace, you know, to, to tell them, hey, listen, guys, don't use the freaking technical terms. You know, and I can't think oh, of an sure. example off the top of my head. It's like, what would they call it? You know, because right. we wouldn't the, call the it. ELE or something. Yeah, right People on. People in tech love acronyms, dude. Oh, my Everything God. Is a, oh, to ELE. I hate acronyms. You don't man. know what to ELE is? <laughs> yeah, here's the thing, man. So creativity is really all about sort of doing exactly what you're talking about. It's about coming to the middle. I'm not you know, advocating for us to get rid of the analytical side. And I'm not advocating for us to just dive into the creative side. You and yeah. I both have that friend, you know, who's super creative, but he still yeah. lives in his parents' basement. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got yeah, a bunch dude. of really good yeah. ideas, <laughs> but he's, you know, 48 years old living in some mom's basement, dude. Like that's not, that's not what I'm advocating for. I, I really want people to bring it to the middle. Most people in business, especially technology, you're, you know, this are completely, Completely on the analytical side yep. of the brain and it's time to kind of start nudging it more to the center. I'm with you hundred percent. Everyone has some, do you believe this? Because I do that everyone has some, at least small shredder capability for creativity. You know, and they might not, I know there's differences on the scale. Shoot. I was even reading about a uh, modafinil, right? Which is pro vigil, like the, the nootropic, the, the cognitive enhancer. And this is something that I learned about a couple of years ago when I was pitching TV producers do, there was a doctor in the room, a lawyer in the room. I mean like extremely analytical people. Right. right. And they were telling me about this thing. And then Dave Asprey, you know, off, you know, the bulletproof guy, he even has a blog entry about this thing on how it's like a cognitive enhancer. And then there was a movie made about it. Limitless. Right. So it's like this thing that's supposed to make you the super smart guy, this drug, whatever. And right. these lawyers and doctors are telling me, man, I wouldn't have gotten through law school. I wouldn't have gotten through med school without this thing because it just went through this. And I was reading a study on it because I even tried it for a little while because, I, you know, I actually took it under the FDA approved reason for jet lag because I was flying so much all over the place and trying to do these TV tours. And I was taking it to keep me going because of the weird flight schedules. Now, when I read about it, because I noticed something like I kept going, 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 I didn't have to word search. But then when I would try to think outside the box, it was weird. 
I felt uh, like a brain block. Wow. Right? So when I looked at this and they, they, there have been studies on this specific pharmaceutical now that actually show those who are more creative, because I guess there's a, there's a, a graph or a chart or something, and there's some test to measure creativity. I don't know what it is, but those, yeah, I know you're, you're giving me the, eh, people can't see that, but the, this is what they study. Right on. Yeah. But when it resonated with me because it was showing the people that are typically more creative, which I feel that I am, you know, especially on the tech side, you know, at least in that crowd, that it actually hindered the creativity. But then people who were on the lower end of the spectrum, as far as creative probabilities, actually ended up being more creative and were able to do this outside the box thinking. With this, with this particular pharmaceutical? Yeah, with this particular pharmaceutical. Yeah, you know, I know nothing about it, honestly. Um, Nothing. I don't know anything about a pharmaceutical that you can take to enhance, you know, creativity or change sort of the makeup of your mind. I do know that without a pharmaceutical, without taking this stuff, I, I mean, it, it's really, it's really easy. Anybody can be creative. It's just, you just have to learn how. It's a tool like any other tool we use in life. You know, when we sit and have dinner, we use a fork, right? We can use our fingers, but like the a fork just works a little bit better, right? Then a knife tends to cut better than your forefinger, you know, kind of going in there or your pinky and your nails, right? So you <laughs> use a knife because it's easier to cut with. And creativity is just like that. It's a tool that we can use every day in our business to improve results. Um, you know, we don't have to take a pill. We don't have to subject ourselves to, you know, tests or anything like that. Yep, this yep. is really something that um, I believe anybody can do. It just takes the will to learn. And, you know, uh, the best part is it's free, you know, Rick, it, it's literally free. You can do it by just wanting to do it. And it's all about changing your mindset and allowing yourself to look at problems that they come up and go, whoa, whoa, time out. Yeah. You know, old Rick would have solved it this way. Right. But new yep. creative creator mindset, I would solve it this way. And that's really what it's all about. So I want your listeners to go, you know what, I can do this if I want to and, and really get in there. And, and, and it's just a method to stop yourself from falling into that same loop, you know, that same rhythm right that on. you've been in yes. your whole life. It's just kind of like, you know, stop the car one second. Do I want to go left to right? And yep, yep. even just asking that question, man, even just asking that question awakens amazing creative potential. And I just, I can't wait for businesses and people to, to read the book and go, yes, this is so what I've been looking for because I need to shift, I need to change, and I just don't know how. So that's kind of what, what the vibe is. That's cool, man. I love that. You, you actually uh, took the bait that I was hoping for because <laughs> when, when, I was, when I took that, that pill, that pharmaceutical, right, right, and I noticed like it hindering me, I started thinking along those same lines. It's like to be creative, you shouldn't have to take a freaking pill. Totally. You know, that, that's not- Did you grow not... an extra toe or something? Or like another <laughs> finger? No, I just felt, you know, like ready to roar, ready to go at all times. Really? Man. That's it's kind of awesome. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was, yeah, that aspect, sure, it was great, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then I started, you know, different nutrition things, because I think it's any kind of pharmaceutical is meant to really sort of fill a gap of what should be taken up by something else to begin right. with. Right. So you, what did you start with diet? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. So, so Dave Asprey, who I was talking to you about, right. He, 
he went through this whole thing about saturated fats. And dude, when I started adding more grass-fed butter to my nutrition every single morning, that was almost like brain food, you know, because there's wow. a lot of hay that's in that. And I started getting the same effect just doing wow. that. And when I say butter, a lot of it, I'm talking like two to three tablespoons is what I eat almost every single morning. No. What, so what, like butter. animal fats is your thing? That's exactly it. Yep, you got it. And so it's like specifically paleo? the grass-fed. No, it's not paleo. Dude, I eat carbs are life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they absolutely are. Yeah. But uh, there, there's some, at least from what, I, what I've noticed now, I don't have a gallbladder either. And that also helps my changed digestion ever since I had my gallbladder removed is the extra saturated fats. It keeps like tramping away and all that because you've got just the bile that keeps dripping. You don't have that reservoir for anymore. Sure. So it's, it's twofold for me. One, the extra fats help soak up the extra bile so I don't feel weird in my gut. Right. And the second part, I notice when I eat enough saturated fats, specifically animal fats or yeah. it could even be uh, MCT oil, co coconut oil, those extra saturated fats give me the same cognitive effect. Wow, that's cool as that pharmaceutical you yeah. know? and I'm already naturally creative. So I just found that as a boost to be able to dive into that creative process. Yeah. That's and awesome. You know, here, here's my takeaway from this stuff, right? Experts have been proposedly, you know, proposing or, or whatever, telling us supposedly they're, you know, the truth for yeah, so long. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they, we can't even come up with like a proper, um, a proper diet to eat. Like they don't yeah. even know, you know, they're, they're experts, right? We have yep. amazing experts and we don't even have somebody who can, who can tell us, you know what, you need to eat um, grass fed butter in the morning and stay off of, I don't know, carbs and less red meat. I don't know. We, we, we have this love affair for experts in this country. Um, and it's, it's really spreading around the world. And for me, challenge them constantly right right constantly yep. ask questions because that's what real creativity is about it's not about just accepting something yeah, you know yeah. for what it's worth now listen i'm not saying to go against you know an expert that you know has 80 years or you know 70 years of experience and demonstrated results and you're kind of an idiot at that point right yeah, i'm yeah. not advocating for you to be an idiot and go you know what the sky is not blue or the, the earth is flat you're kind of an idiot if you think that right what yeah. i'm advocating for is what's going on today with our with our crisis right we have kind of a covid crisis and there's very very well-intentioned people and in in medicine and and all over and you know, yes, I, I agree with some of their core principles, but I don't think enough of us are out there kind of asking questions. And For I sure. think it's to the detriment of, of all of us as we move toward a cure and a, uh, a vaccine, at least, into um, into kind of figuring it out. And, and yeah. if enough of us ask questions, that is a creative mindset. And what it starts to do is it starts to unlock the machinery that is analytical, which is protecting, you know, the little slice of information, yeah, yeah. you know, petting it and loving it, giving it little kisses and, you know, no, this is my idea. Wear masks, you know, always 24 seven sleep with it, you know, and, and creativity is sort of the idea of sort of, you know, kinking the armor a little bit and, and getting that person to start to think outside the box. Listen, I've seen it many times in medicine. I've seen it in manufacturing even. It doesn't really matter what field you're in, but you've got to ask a lot of questions of the established norm so that you can get somewhere creative.
Dude, that's beautiful. I think you're giving even a one thing for today too, which is a segment, you know, just one thing we want everyone to walk away from. It sounds like if I were to summarize everything that you're saying is creativity really can begin with just asking questions. Oh, no doubt. Asking questions and listening. So we're so in a rush today. I, listen, I, I, I've done the most amount of talking I ever do. Like, I, you know, I consult I with companies. I sit there for two weeks and say nothing yeah, because I want to yeah. listen. Listening is so incredibly important. And, you know, asking a good question at the right time is, is critical and, and, and it's good to question. But we need to also listen. Uh, in listening, we'll hear so, so, so much. Um, yeah. And creativity is really about uh, about listening as well that's huge man so if we're starting the creative process because I'm sure there's a, a lot of listeners that are thinking you know, I'm really not creative I wish I was creative as near I wish I was creative as Rick I wish I was creative as just my peer down the road right or my competition because they seem to always be doing these new great things and why do they always have to have the great ideas that totally. seem to come out of nowhere you know if they start asking the questions and then they listen you know, I mean, those are generalities, but is there like a, a three step or something like that, that we can say, here's, the, here's on your path to just starting to unlock. Cause I feel that from what you're explaining to the creativity, it's just like building muscle. Like I build my biceps, right? When I lift, it's something that you have to continuously and intentionally exercise and start to think that way. So where do you start? You know, cause I mean, working out's easy. It's very physical. It's tangible. You can say I'm starting Monday or I'm starting today. I don't think you should ever make, you know, so something to say, I'm going to have one more hurrah. You know, I'm going to engorge myself in a lot of food this weekend. Then I'll start on Monday. I don't think that's a great choice because that to me, that's still putting off the actual decision. Anything totally. can change between now and then versus saying right now in this moment, you know what I'm starting, I'm joining the gym today or I'm buying a set of dumbbells at home. I just need to start somewhere to move this process along. How does that relate to creativity? You know, if the, where is that somewhere and how can we just start that unlocking process? So your listeners can start right now if they want to, right? Yes. Right now they're listening to this podcast and they're like, you know what? This is cool. I, I like it. I, I want to yeah. do it, right? Um, right now, what I would say to those listeners is to understand two quick principles, right? One is that we were all born creative. The good Lord bestowed in all of us a Beautiful. sense of creativity before even language took hold. It's That's in the book. Awesome. I got some of the top top child psychologists yeah. uh, that I referenced their studies in the book. They show babies being creative before they can even talk or express anything. It's in our DNA. Dude, that's amazing. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah. One. Two is that there is a self-doubt monster that builds up throughout our lifetime telling us to shut that down. And if your listeners want Man, yeah. to explore yeah. creativity now, right now, listening to these very words that you and I are, are speaking right now, all they have to do is recognize that they are creative, that they are born creative. And then on the other hand, recognize that they have through a mechanism of society or school or whatever, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, Aunt Cheryl, you can blame whoever you Conditioning, want. Conditioning, for sure. Conditioning, yep. you have stifled yeah. and shoved down that creativity yeah. that's telling yeah. you what to say. Most people experience creativity in what their gut is telling them. So they have kind of a gut that goes, yeah, I should do this or I should yeah. start this business. And they don't listen to it. And they're like, Damn it. I should have listened. I, you know, my gut was telling you what to do. Freaking Aunt Cheryl. Yeah. yeah. Dude, so I love that. <laughs> that's that's kind of where it's at, man. It, right now, today, they're listening. 
Yeah. Recognize that that self-doubt monster is shutting down creativity that has been dying to get out. No matter if you're 20 or 85 years old, it doesn't matter. You have that instinct. It's been trying to guide you and give you some information as you, uh, as you age and you get older. It's time to start listening to that voice. Dude, that's beautiful. I, I, I firmly believe this too, because I, you know, mine wasn't necessarily creativity, but if we're talking about conditioning, you know, there was a lot of scenarios. Now I'm a pretty talented individual. I know you are too, you know, and there's just certain things when you walk into rooms, you're like, well, I can do it better than pretty much anybody that's in here. Right. You know, and and I, but I've learned in those circumstances that those are actually the rooms that I don't want to be in. I would right. rather be the dumbest person in the room. You want to be challenged. Exactly. All the time. Though know, when I would be, you know, in a specific room, and this was a lot of like the church realm too, because there's this whole thing about shoving humility onto people or like a false humility. And a lot of it is more insecurity and jealousy that they can't do something as good as you. You know, now, believe me, I'm full Christian. Jesus is amazing. That's awesome. People are stupid. You know, Jesus is amazing. People are stupid, right? So whether it was an Aunt Cheryl, whatever, for me, it was the right. humility thing, right? And saying right. that I'm arrogant or whatever. I'm like, I'm not arrogant. I just know what I can do. And right. the flip side is I know what I can't do. You know, so right. this Aunt Cheryl that she, she's a dude, that's going to stick for the rest of this episode. For real, Aunt Cheryl. Aunt Cheryl yeah. Damn you, Aunt Cheryl. <laughs> I know, right? Everybody's had somebody in their life at some point. I feel if they don't think that they're creative. Isn't that you know, such or, an aunt name, Cheryl? Oh, I mean, come gosh, on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like Aunt Cheryl, come on. You can't get more anti than that. I know, right? <laughs> right. It's like, a, you know, a... it's like, you know, like Cheryl, dude, you know, popular name of the 40s, you know. Dude, any others? All right. It, 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 this is a squirrel, but, you know, if, <laughs> who, if there's Aunt Cheryl, who's she married to, right? Who's uncle? Who is it Aunt Cheryl and Uncle Julio? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Wendell. <laughs> That's even better. All Cheryl right, so and the... Wendell. There we go. <laughs> I like your name's better. We got Ann Cheryl and Uncle Wendell. All right. Those are the two people for those who are listening in your life that have shoved down your creativity. Exactly. Dude, I can imagine this because right now everybody is embodying, embodying you know, those or bastards. they're Ann Cheryl, they're Uncle Wendell. Right now, dude. Oh, that's too good. See, we're being creative right on the show. Yeah, there right? we go. That's too good. That's it. But too it's as good. simple as that. I mean, it's humor, it's joking. Everyone has uh, inside of them. If they've ever come up with a joke or if they've ever come up with just even something funny like this, you know, that's creativity. No doubt. Everybody no doubt. has this. Unfortunately, it's probably suppressed. You know, it's by super suppressed. That happened. Look you know? at most businesses out there. Look, there's a COVID crisis, right? And we see some businesses doing great, but most are not. Why? Because they haven't embedded creativity into yeah, every yeah. single segment of their organization. You know, I, I consult a bit and I get called usually for like a, you know, Fortune 500 company or something like that. And they're like, put them in sales. You know, that's like, <laughs> yes. he needs to fix that. You know, right, so or, I go. Or groups. He's the captain. Yep, yeah, that's our guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So, you know, I'll go and I'll work with the sales team and we'll try to figure out, you know, really basic stuff like why one sales region is not talking to the other yeah. sales region and, and so on and so forth. And we start to see results because we're starting to free up, you know, stuck sort of um, mechanisms that worked great in 1986. Oh, they were awesome. And, you know, 87. Yeah, dude. But it, you know, we're very far removed from the eighties right now. And yep. it really takes a basic approach of looking at a problem and saying nothing is off the table, yeah, right? Um, I'm going to look at this problem and whether it's an analytical or whether it's a creative idea, nothing's off the table. This problem is able to be solved. We are able to solve it and we're going to do it. 
Right on, brother. Man, that's that's awesome. So your book dives into a lot of this, right? And specifically in journey. 92 tools. What's 92 tools? <laughs> I didn't get that far in the bio. <laughs> I didn't see the 92 tools out here. Wow. Where's Dan? Dan's my EA. Where, Dan. <laughs> yeah, he didn't put that Dan. part in. That's, that's hilarious. Dan, Dan should have highlighted Dan's awesome. He highlighted some really cool stuff. Though, he did? Especially how to pronounce your name. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good man. Good man. <laughs> okay. Dan, you're good. Yep. Let's put him on and do a job review, dude. Come dude, on. Uh, yeah, I love it. So Let's 92 put him on. tools, man. 92. 92. There are That's 92 incredible. tools in the book. Um, really, it's a how-to sort of guide. Yeah. Uh, to awaken creativity in everything that you do. I really hope that people enjoy it. I mean, it took me seven years to write the, uh, the book nights wow. and weekend. I'm not in some Ivy league school, you know, teaching two yeah. days a week. Yeah. You know how they, you're like, yeah, oh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to teach a class or they two. Do that, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, sure. It's awesome. Cause they have time to write, which is wonderful. And I'm not knocking academics, but I'm out there in the real world hustling and I'm really able to take that you know yep take my theories and apply them every day and go you, oh crap you that didn't work in entrepreneurship either no there's no <laughs> just it's you know those exist code. right you know those what? things those exist now that was like a, a mind-blowing uh, no moment for wow. me last year yeah when i found out that's an actual major i was like wow. okay great being yeah. taught the irony is being taught by a professor who's never been out in the real hey world as you call it right? yeah 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 <laughs> you know man i'm all in I, I'm awesome. literally all in. I'm, you know, I, I do this stuff every day. So there's no, yeah. the theory is that, yeah, th I got this wrong. And the theory is that you're, you might get some things wrong too along the way. Listen, yeah. I'm not promising like, you know, a Shangri-La here of 100% success. I, yeah. You know, yeah. I, that's not me. I want people to make mistakes and through those mistakes, uncover creative wealth because there's so much value in yeah. making mistakes that we can't keep going through life, trying not to make mistakes at every, every stop of the way. It really sure. is important to get a few things wrong in order to get it even, you know, better uh, down the road. Dude, that's huge. So 92 tools, what is your favorite one? Or is there like a collection of a few that you go to here and there? Because even with us, and I'll preface it, because this is where my mind's going with this, is that even for you and I being almost natural creatives, if I could call it that way, right? To where it comes a little bit easier for us or whatever, we still need to practice the tools, I'm sure. But no doubt. with that, there are still days to where you and I feel stifled in creativity. Right. You know, and a lot are of that is- the days you don't get out of bed? <laughs> is, that, is that you in a fetal position just whimpering <laughs> just whimpering you know, yeah, a little bit I, I, I just grab a little bit more scotch than usual now. <laughs> <laughs> no actually when i wrote my book dude swirling <laughs> again dude when i wrote my book or at least the outline right that was at a bar with scotch you know it's just because it, it even opened my mind more wow. so it suppressed the day it suppressed the junk from the day that way i could fully be creative in that moment that's really nice. what, what it did so nice. is alcohol one of your 92 tools <laughs> that's the first question right <laughs> uh he's joking everyone yep. he's <laughs> he does not recommend scotch in order to uh get creativity going no nope, not at all he's not kidding all. but it does um, no really alcohol good. is yes. not one of my <laughs> <laughs> dude that's awesome um no so i think my favorite tool in there is, is probably um, you know, it changes. It changes all the time because, you know, it depends on my mood and depends what I want to use. But humor is probably my favorite oh, tool yeah. in there because you're able to uh, 
um, unleash great creative potential when you stop looking at yourself so seriously and realize that, you know, the, the yeah. folly of the human condition is, is really, really great. I mean, you know, the good <laughs> Lord put us here on earth and yep. we do some of the stupidest, stupidest stuff. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it, it looking at that and being able to laugh is really important. The other thing that I really like in there is, is I talk about empathy in one of the chapters. It is so dang important to not just, you know, Hey, I want to see what you're feeling. Empathy is really about understanding why it is that somebody feels a certain way and then really experiencing why they feel that way for yourself. It's not just, it's not a, like you you can't be six feet away from it. This isn't, there's no social distancing. (laughs) Right. So you got to like, so once you dive in, what ends up happening is your mindset gets shifted again, right? It gets shifted from an analytical to a more creative mindset and you start to, understand and see problems in a different way. And if you're able to see problems from a different way, literally changing the lens on how you view a problem to a different lens, then you, your, your body your your mind will naturally come up with different ways to solve it. Dude, that's, um, that's awesome. I, I'm pumped. So we talked about humor and then we talked about empathy is probably two of your favorite tools. I have a, yeah, I have a good friend of mine, Matt Kazam. He's a Las Vegas headliner. Right. He's the one who I connected with last year and he took me to Caroline's on Broadway. I did stand up on Broadway oh, wow. this year. Dude, it's cool. awesome. But his whole thing is teaching entrepreneurs and CEOs to be more funny, to inject humor I love it. I into love it. everything that they do into business. Because his perspective is that, you know, if it's if you're we're talking sales now, if it's you and the and the other guy, right, or the other girl, and you both have the same crap to offer and it's just as good and it's priced the same, they're gonna remember the funny one. You know, because they injected more creativity into that engagement by just using humor. The potential of being different and market differentiation, even with just humor, which which I'm not like... I'm not saying everybody stop, stop, you know, stop what you're doing and make jokes all day. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's a potential tool to use at the yep. right time. And if you're able to do that, oh man, the, the market differentiation on stuff like that's amazing. What people forget a lot of the times is that a customer wants to order from you. I don't care what you do from a car dealer to a software. Yeah because they like the experience of working with you. And we, we tend to forget that a lot, right? Um, big brands tend to forget that, you know, they, they think, Oh, we don't talk to our customers. They go into the supermarket and buy our product. And I'm like, no way. Of course you do. It's yep, the packaging. Yep. It's the, it's the look and the feel of the product is how, yeah. how it makes somebody feel so on and so forth. And understanding that, you know, that, the experience with that product or service uh, can be a, a game changer and people want to tend to want to work with people they like. Yeah. Humor. Amazing, amazing, amazing tool. Dude, there's a billboard that was in Chicago. This was a few years ago, right? For an HVAC company and you're driving just down the road on, on the highway, right around the toll road, because that's all we freaking have around Chicago's toll <laughs> roads. Yes. <laughs> we won't go into that rabbit hole, but yay for the corrupt state of Illinois. But anyways, <laughs> we, we, this billboard had this 
amazingly like beautiful woman on it in a bikini or something like that. Right. But it was pictured as like a milf. Okay. Okay. And, but all in big, huge font that just jumped out on a white background was just, your wife is hot. You know, <laughs> you know, I saw that. And then of course it catches your eye, you know, and it's a, of course there's a beautiful woman in a bikini on there, but then you see your wife is hot. I'm like, what the hell? So I, I look at, but then you read through it and it's an HVAC company because right underneath that, it says, get your AC fixed. Right. You know, Cause it's, a, it's talking, it's speaking to lazy men. Right. But it's, a, you know, and it's also speaking to maybe some arguments you have at home, but it was so creative because of the humor that was yeah. involved and yeah. it was relative humor too. That was the funny thing and probably the most creative. Yeah. And yeah. there was probably empathy in there too. Uh, <laughs> in that line, right? Right. Now that I'm thinking about it. Oh my gosh. That billboard just embodied everything that you just said right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, man. Dude, I, I'm going to, I haven't read your book, but I'm going to get it now. Actually, I'm going to get many copies of it because I do want to just hand this out. I already know it's going to be a good book. Oh, I appreciate but, that, man. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's written with a lot of heart and a lot of soul and a lot yeah. of, you know, really good intent. Um, yep. It's actionable. And I, I was really lucky to have a great team who was, you know, the, the editor at McGraw-Hill was just like, you know, she took all these stories out and like it, it kind of hurt because, yeah, you know, I'd write yeah. these great stories about myself, right? I thought I was so interesting. I was like, and then in seventh grade, you know, I told the yep. teacher, I'm not going to turn in that paper. And she would like, she'd look at me and be like, dude, are you serious? Do you think yeah, anybody yeah. really wants to read it? You know, and I got like a little bit like, oh no, my seventh grade teacher, she, I told her no, you know, and that was a changing moment for me. She's like, you got to give people tools that they can use. That's why we're doing this book. Don't forget 92 tools that they can use, you know, to, to inject creativity yep, in their business. Yep. Nobody cares about what happened to you in seventh grade, unless you can give them a tool out of it. That's, that's, <laughs> those were our talks. And I was like, oh man, this is the worst. And then like, uh, you know, two days later, I'm like, wow, this is the best. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So like, yep. I don't know. It's one of those things where in life, sometimes when you go through something, it's really, you, you kind of get down on it, right? And you don't realize what's really going on and the amazing creative benefits that, that are happening until a few days later when you start to go, wow, I'm so glad we got rid of that story about seventh grade and turning in that paper because the book is so much better. So literally at every stage, every chapter, every yeah, word yeah. in that book is like pared down to be effective. That's kind of the goal. And I don't know, man, I, you know, I sent it out to a couple of, of people to read uh, and just kind of get their vibe on it and their notes. And they sent it to a few of their friends and their friends. And, you know, we ended up getting something like 50, almost 60 endorsements on the book. Wow. And I only sent it to, I don't know, 50 people. So they must have forwarded it on and so on and so forth. Yeah. And I just feel really fortunate. So I think I might have clicked um, onto something that people need right now. And I think we can all use a good little kick in the pant of creativity to get just out of this rut that we're in and to start moving forward as, as, as a business, as, as professionals, but really as a society.
that's so cool, man. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leech off of this a little bit because I I haven't even read the book, dude. But I th- I've never done this before for real, and I've never even asked people to even like freaking rate my show or anything on the show. <laughs> but I'm going to right now because it, here here's what I'm thinking because it, this resonates so much with me, you know. And I, I love the creative aspect of it. And dude, I feel that you and I could go out and just have some scotch sometime and have some hey, no. have a great time, right? Yeah, you're getting a little but, trouble. Yeah, I know. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, for sure. You know, no less than fifty dollars a bottle. That's what right, I'm gonna tell right. everybody listening. Right. You know, no lesser, okay. <laughs> Are they the sending bar. it in? Is that what's happening? <laughs> it's the I love bar, it. guys. You know, for those of you who don't know, McCallan's my go-to. You know, <laughs> that's a lot of people, right? And I was in heaven. This is another squirrel. See what I do? I was at the Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C. last week, and they had the biggest McCallan collection at that hotel wow. anywhere in the United States. What? How many bottles? Mind blown. Yeah, I, I don't know how many bottles, but like I'm just hundreds? talking to specific. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. But oh. even the specific ones, the be, the the coup de gras there, man, was a McAllen 50, which is $35,000 a bottle wow. that they were selling for $8,500, $8,500 for just a, a shot of that. Wow. Just a single dram. Yeah, it was crazy. But for everyone listening, the first time people that do this, rate and review the show, DM me that. I'm going I'm to send you a copy of Nears book for the first 10 people because creativity needs to be just expounded in this. So, you know, I, I haven't read it yet. I'm going to read it too, and maybe we can read it together. Let's start a little Wait, book. So they're sending you the McAllen's or? No, no well, dude, I'll take that. Shoot, I'll I send them more than a book if they send yeah. me the McAllen's. No, no. Rate and review. Yes. Rate and review this episode uh, on, on iTunes at All In With Rick Jordan and then send the screenshot. DM the screenshot. Rick <laughs> Jordan. We're going to send you a copy of Nears book just because we want to, you know, that's all you got to do. But uh, I feel too that, the, you know, that's the only thing I can think of off the top of my head because I feel that it's an active and involved process to do something like this too. It has to be intentional. So if we're going to start there, let's give people something to do. But cool. everybody else outside the first 10 people, yeah. Send the where bottle. can they find your book, dude? Because it's, it's McGraw-Hill. I'm sure it's everywhere, right, Amazon? So it's everywhere. So worldwide yeah. release on August 4th, which is very, very exciting. Um, oh, cool. Okay, we're going to make sure this publishes then. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, in that time it, frame, is that cool? Yeah, every, every, uh, everybody will have it. Amazon has it now. It's nice. on pre-order. Nice. Um, Barnes & Noble, Indie Bound, which is like the local uh, bookstore network, um, will have it. It's being translated into two languages already. Um, it's going to be on audiobook and all that stuff. Um, yeah, if any of this sounds That's good awesome, to you, dude. then yeah, let's do it. All of it sounds good because it's a, I'm with you. What's really, really resonating with me, man, is that you feel we, we share the opinion that everyone is a creative. Yep. Yeah. That there, there is just some sort of suppression or oppression that has happened or is happening now to yep. where you just feel like you're not. And that's the part that kind of saddens my heart, man, makes me sink in my core because I know everybody is that way. Everybody finds humor in a lot of things. Everybody can create humor. Yep. You know, it's just one of your tools. And I'm sure as I read your 92 tools, I'm sure I'm going to start looking at it and thinking, hey, every, man, everybody can utilize every single one of these things. Yeah, and it's really about reawakening it and giving yourself permission to do it. Listen, if you want to go deep, I think that we could have easily, and this is this might be a little controversial, but I think we could have easily have cured cancer by now. I think I'm we could you. have yeah. revolutionized learning. Yeah, I think we could have put a woman on Mars by now. I think we could have done all kinds of things that humanity wanted to do, and we had not because that self-doubt monster is such a powerful 
powerful thing. You know, when you think of powerful things, you tend to think of, you know, like an army or, I don't know, atomic bombs and stuff like that. But far more powerful than anything man could create is the ability that lives within every human being on earth, no matter where you're from, to stifle down the creative spirit that we have in all of us. And guess what, man, we all suffer. We all lose because of that. So part of my hope with what I'm doing with consulting and getting the book out and doing keynotes and stuff like that, it's trying to awaken that spirit in all of us so that we can all have a better world, man. And, and, you know, a better, better tomorrow for our children. I feel like getting in touch with that creativity will enable people to solve problems that today we feel are unsolvable. And that's a damn worthwhile goal. Right on, right on. The, the last thing I'm going to throw at you here is I saw this in your bio and I'm just really good because I told you about my little music background, right? Yeah. But I also see that you were nominated for an Emmy and you worked with Rod Stewart and Woody Harrelson. You know, it's uh, that creative aspect. Dude, what was the Emmy for? The Emmy the nomination, yeah. yeah, it was for a, a Honda commercial that I did. I had a production company in Hollywood that did commercials and movies and stuff. That's a that's a really good story if you want a failure story because that thing burned, <laughs> crashed, and burned, dude. It <laughs> crashed best. and burned. Literally, so I did a couple of things that got, you know, we did the commercial and that was good. And then I did a, a documentary and literally I put it out there. Universal bought it and I'm like, I've arrived. I'm, yeah, done, right dude. I'm like I'm Hollywood royalty. Dude. I'm like, you know, I'm done. I was like literally done. And it, I acted that way. And it's actually one of the tools in the book that I don't want you to use. It's the only tool. It's called rest upon success tool, which is when you do something that's good, you know, you start bringing in money and you yeah. know, people can't see me right now, but I'm doing, I'm doing a leveling off curve right now. Okay. Yep. The leveling off curve is where like money starts coming in and then you don't do anything. And then it eventually goes away. And every business, no matter what you do, no matter what product or service, only exists in a certain band of time. And it's your job as a professional or the owner of the company or as C-suite leadership to extend that band of time as long as humanly possible. Mm. And what I learned from burning that production company into the ground was that I will never, ever, ever just rest upon that little bit of success that I got and think that tomorrow, you know, money would still come in. I I didn't do nothing, man. I literally sat on my butt and thought that I'd had arrived. And so many businesses do this. And so many businesses have, you know, a little bit of success. And then at some point, they just shut it off and they're done. And they feel like, well, you know, yesterday it worked, so it will work tomorrow. And I learned the hard way, you know, Um, I crashed into the ground. But um, there's a lesson, I think, for all of us in something like that. And all of us can learn from getting it wrong. That's awesome, man. Where can everybody find you? Because we, we know where your book's at. You know, it's called the, uh, oh my gosh, it's not the Creator Mindset, right? What, what's the name of the book? Shoot. The Creator it go? Mindset? It is. Oh my God. <laughs> it's all that scotch on the mind, dude. It really is. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to have a glass now. Right on. Today's Nothing gonna be, wrong with that. I know, right? Oh man. One of my favorites is, uh, you know, I said I love McAllen, but I had one the other day, Balvini 15. It's a... Uh, it's a sherry cask single barrel. 
it's just beautiful, you know, and it's, oh. I think it's one of the most undervalued ones because it tastes like it should be like a Macallan 18 style, you know, uh, to where, nice. and that's a $300 bottle, man. Yeah, but easily. The Balvini is only 120 if you get it from stores. So wow. it's, it's you, a steal out there. Are you a cigar man too? And yet not really, maybe okay. like twice a year, but that's with, uh, you know, I, my, my buddies pick those out because I don't know those. Like I know the scotch, it's my job to get the good bottle of scotch. Gotcha. You're and the alcohol guy. Exactly. I know? love it. And it's their job to, that's usually like every independence day, man, too, is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you drinking something. any bourbons or are you just keeping the, keeping the Europe there? Pretty, pretty much to Europe. Yeah. You know, really? I will dive into, yeah, I'll dive into rye whiskeys from the U S but okay. the bourbons, a lot of those are a little too sweet for me. Like the corn ones and stuff Yeah, like exactly. That. Yeah. I like the, the bite ears, the deep, the more complex, you know, but there's some good bourbons that I dig. I love rye whiskeys though, man, especially like whistle pig. Yeah. Uh, there's one I got to have called the boss hog. I saw okay. that there. You know, I like the farm stock, which is a whistle pig, but whistle pig is one of the better brands that I've tried to of rye whiskeys. But nice. yeah, man, but, uh, we're diving down a lot of squirrels, but the creator mindset, man, I'm sorry. That looked like, I, I don't, I got lost on the thing. I saw the creator mindset LLC and I'm like, that's not the name of the book too, is it? Yeah. It's the name of my company actually. Yeah. <laughs> so the book, the book's name came from that. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Dude, I, I love this. You know, I would love to connect again. Is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. I'd I love to be really on, man. Yeah. Maybe we That's... can get Dan on and roast him a bit. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> right on. Oh, man. That's awesome. But as I, as I <laughs> continue to launch my mastermind, dude, I think you've got a lot to offer, you know, and I just want to, especially being the tech world, everyone needs to see this, that everyone can be creative, you know, because in my world, they look at all the big brands, right? And they look at the creative ads. And in my space, it's typically, you know, there's 142,000, you know, managed security service providers that exist in the United States. Yeah. And, you know, so they look at the big guys that are out there, like, how can I compete? A lot of them are one man shops. They're not like me that's going public this year, which is fine. They can get there, but it took creativity to get here. Sure. where I'm at, man, and thinking outside the box, but that was an intentional process. I had to get out of the engineer linear mindset and really tap into that creative mode. So it yeah. really resonates, man. You know, I did a keynote um, before the COVID thing hit at a yeah. software uh, thing and, and I opened up by saying, and I pissed everyone off. I opened up by saying <laughs> that most software people are in the business of solving a problem that does not exist. Yes. And it was like, you know, some people, and then some people laughed and I was like, you're my people, you yeah. know? And then I went into it and I was basically talking about how, you know, most software companies have convinced themselves, dude, convinced themselves yep. that this is a real problem. But yeah, like yeah. everyone is going, no, it's not a problem. Nobody needs yep. this. You're making something that nobody, and you're spending so much money and time oh, and I effort know. on producing a piece of software that nobody needs and yeah, doesn't yeah. solve a problem. And it doesn't have that through line all the way to the, you know, the user experience and so on and so forth. And actually how this will live in the marketplace yeah. um, before everyone dived in. So I, I, I feel like technology, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but this is what I feel because I see it out there. I yeah. feel like technology is particularly susceptible to <laughs> people who go, you know what? I got the idea. quiet, And then they run down, yep, you know, yep. it, it's, just, it's just one of those things where, you know, um, it's susceptible to that rabbit yep. hole type, type of thinking where I'm an engineer and I'm going to engineer a solution. Yeah. Cool. Right. On. Nobody needs it. 
Exactly. Dude, it's the flip side. I can't remember who I heard this from, but they, they said, you know, it's, it's never the, the really successful people that say, hey, I've got a great solution. It's the ones that say, I have the best question. Yes. And the Those best problem. The so there needs yeah. to be a problem to solve, right? And, yep. and no matter how good the engineering is, if it doesn't solve some tangible and it doesn't have to be a, a broad problem. It could be yeah, yeah. very niche in financial services, in, you know, um, I don't know, uh, equities in futures. There is a particular problem with the software that doesn't exist. Cool, dude. Yep. You can, that, that's a wonderful problem to solve. But, you know, solving a problem that you've convinced yourself that exists. Yeah, it's not creative. Now, whoever asked the question about, you know, having an automatic flusher on a toilet in a public restroom, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those things upset me. I'm just yeah. saying, you know. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, Lord. Dude, you're amazing. Thanks for being on, bro. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for uh, having me. Thanks for laughing with me. Thanks for encouraging people. This has been an amazing episode. Cool. Been, Where can everyone blast, find you on social? So my name is Nir Bashan. There's three of us on earth. I mean, seriously, dude, nice. if you can't find me. It's N-I-R. That's my first name. Last name is Bashan, B-A-S-H-A-N. Um, just Google me or nearbashan.com, thecreatormindset.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I have a little uh, webpage on um, uh, YouTube. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you. If any of this is resonating or you think I'm an idiot, send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Love it, my man. Thanks again, brother. Okay, bro. Thanks. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan and I approve this message.